Today we discuss three New York Islander players who are at a crossroads in their career, and 2023-2024 will be a vital season for them, and their success will go a long way to determining the team's success. All that and more on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to thank everyone who makes Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So you can get new episodes as soon as they drop. And you can now find us on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just do a search for Locked on Islanders. <clears throat> we have got a lot to discuss on today's show. Three very important players, young Islanders players, who are at a crossroads in their career and who will have a big effect on the team. But first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment maybe about something we've already talked about on the show, or maybe a topic you'd like us to discuss on a future episode. Feel free to email us at LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com, and if you leave your first name and where you're from, we are happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can also follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, NYR vs. NYI. We'll keep you up to date on all things Islanders throughout the rest of the offseason. Hirings, firings, trade rumors, free agency. If it's happening to the New York Islanders, we will be talking about it on this show. So, today, as we ramp up our return here, wanted to talk about three young players on this roster each of them with varying amounts of NHL success so far, who are at a crossroads in their career, where how these players do this year will have a big effect on their future as National Hockey League players and, quite honestly, on how the New York Islanders actually do this season and beyond. So... These three players, again, varying degrees, not all equal, but each of them going to have an impact on the way this team plays itself out. And the first guy I wanted to talk about is Simon Holmstrom. And yeah, I know what you're saying. Okay, Simon Holmstrom. Guy may not even make the team. And you know what? That's very true. Uh, Holmstrom, former first-round pick, Rookie last year, 
50 games, six goals, nine points, a minus four, plus minus. Did not take a penalty, believe it or not, but nine hits in 50 games. Uh, that is a, a, an embarrassingly uh, low number of hits and, and physicality and only 39 shots on goal. Holmstrom seemed to lose confidence in himself offensively for long stretches of the season. And that, unfortunately, was damaging. Now, he stayed in the lineup as long as he did for 50 games because he is a sound defensive player. And positionally, when the Islanders are trying to play that Lane Lambert slash Barry Trotz, Lou Lamorello defense first, positionally sound move, they knew that if they put Simon Holmstrom out there, 90% of the time, he wasn't going to hurt them by being out of position, by blowing a coverage, by not hustling back. Uh, he was going to do what he had to do defensively to, to, to be there and help this team. Why may he not be back on the roster to start the season? First reason is this. Holmstrom, unlike some of the other players the Islanders recently signed, your Julian Gauthier's and, and what have you, he can, because of his contract, he can start the season in Bridgeport without having to pass through waivers. And that is a very positive thing. And I think the other, you know, that, that means that if the Islanders send him down, they don't risk losing him. And they can bring him up again at any time because he hasn't played the requisite number of games yet in the NHL. And he's still on his entry-level contract. And it, it, it also means that it would give Holmstrom a chance to go back to Bridgeport to play more minutes, to play maybe more important minutes, maybe get some power play time, maybe get, instead of playing 10 Minutes a night, play 14, 15, 16, uh, and just sort of get his confidence back with the speed of the game and and the flow of the game and, and offensively. Because, look, we saw late in the season some flashes from Simon Holmstrom, okay? We saw a couple of really nice plays, but more often than not, he just seemed hesitant when it came to what he was going to do. And realistically, at this stage in his career, I think it benefits Simon Holmstrom more to play more, to do more, and to feel more confident than it would for him to be more limited and continue in the NHL. The thing you have to remember about Holmstrom is that he is still a very young player. And he is not uh, in danger right now at the age of 22 of being over the hill. So, you know, if they send him down to the minors, he earns $70,000. That will save them almost $800,000 in cap space. Bingo, you are now under the cap. And you don't have to send Ross Johnston down if you don't want to. And Ross would have to clear waivers. You don't have to make a trade. 
you're you're set in that respect. And I think if Holmstrom plays well in Bridgeport over the course of the first month, two months, half the season, whatever it is, you could always bring him up. If injuries hit, you could always bring him up. But let's let this kid get his confidence back and and just sort of get more into the flow of things than he was. I mean, only played 11 minutes and 6 seconds per game with the Islanders. Not a very physically engaged player as a rookie. Still a little tentative except for that positional game defensively. I think the key for Holmstrom is to get him back feeling good about himself. And then the next step for him is probably second half of the season or certainly the following season. That's when your 2019 first round pick has that make or break moment where you say, okay, this is what he's capable of being. Let's see him go out and do it. I don't mind giving Holmstrom another year. And look, if he comes into camp and surprises everybody and just plays really well and makes the team, that's a bonus. And I think he could fit in on your second line, your third line. I don't think he's a great fourth liner because of his lack of physicality. I don't think he has enough offense at this stage in his career to be a first liner. But to me, you know, you put him on a third line, uh, you know, that would probably be his best fit as of right now uh, with a J.G. Pajot maybe in a Hudson fashion if, again, Zach Parise does retire or does not come back. So a lot of variables out there, but I, I think for Holmstrom, if I were a betting man, and, and I'm not saying I am, uh, that him starting the season in Bridgeport would probably make the most sense on several levels for the New York Islanders. All right, we have got two more players who are at a crossroads, young Islanders players, and these two are even more important to the team than Simon Holmstrom probably will be this year. So we've got that, our Islanders birthday of the day, and a whole lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win during the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. And you can use those bonus bets on things like point spreads, player props, over-unders, and a lot more. Hey, Giants made the playoffs last year. If they win 10 games, that's 10 bonus bets. The Jets have Aaron Rodgers this year. That's got to be worth a few more wins for the New York Jets. And hey, it doesn't matter which of the 32 NFL teams you choose, you will get bonus bets every game they win. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. So the next player in my mind that is clearly at a crossroads, and I think this guy is probably at the most urgent crossroads of the three that we're discussing, uh, but maybe not the most important. So take a minute and think about that. But uh, to me, it still has to be Oliver Wallstrom. And 
Wally, to me, it's make or break this year for Oliver Wallstrom. He's 23 now. He's signed on a one-year contract. He has never in his career played, you know, more than 73 games in a season. And he only played more than 44 games in a season once, and that was that 2021-2022 season. For a guy who was drafted in the first round back in 2018 to be a goal scorer and now presumably a power forward, you're looking at a player who is designed or, or projected to be able to put the puck in the goal 20, 25 times a year at least, and possibly after getting a little more experience and a little more comfortable in the league and proving what he can do, maybe even 25, 30 goals a season. Uh, Wallstrom has not established himself as an everyday, consistent NHL player. The biggest issue for him has been what he does away from the puck. We know there has been issues with the way the team handled him as far as the tough love, and I'll put that in air quotes if you like, uh, that he is, you know, not given a lot of chances to make mistakes where veterans who make the same mistakes do get chance after chance. And I think Wallstrom sort of has a love-hate relationship with the way he's been handled by the organization, simultaneously realizing that it's for his own good, but at times being very frustrated by what in many ways does come across as a double standard as to the way he gets treated. I think he now has an idea as to what he wants to do with his game, to be more physical, to be a power forward or more in that mold. He has never played or averaged more than 12 and a half minutes a game in his three most complete NHL seasons. He's averaged 12.23, 12.04, and 12.10 in ice time per game. It's time for Wallstrom to become the player that the Islanders know he can be. And if he doesn't get it done this year, the odds of him being with the Islanders organization next year are very, very slim. So to me, this is a make-or-break season for Oliver Wallstrom. And he doesn't have to score 30 goals this year. Get me to 20. Get me to 20. Be physical. Be the guy that you are not a liability away from the puck. And I'll even say this. Even if you just get me to 18 or 20 goals, give me seven or eight of them on the power play. Show me, Oliver Wallstrom, that... You can help the Islanders with the extra attacker and get that done for this team because your skill set, your ideal skill set, is almost like an exact match of what this team needs more of right now. And we know, barring some very big, surprising hockey trade that seems more and more as we get closer to training camp like a pipe dream for Islander fans than a reality. Uh, 
you know, maybe it happens during the season closer to the trade deadline. But realistically, you know, this is the team they're going to war with this year, at least to start the season. The guy who needs to step up offensively, other than, and I, I can talk about a few other guys also, you know, Bo Horvat certainly has to be better than he was last year. But, statistically, but Oliver Wallstrom is not, you know, Bo Horvat is in his prime. Oliver Wallstrom is maybe, maybe ready to start his prime. So, realistically, either Oliver Wallstrom is going to get it and start to be that player that the Islanders are looking for as a forward, and he can fill in on any of the top three lines, depending on, you know, how he plays and how the line combinations work. But, you know, maybe his lack of skating speed doesn't make him a great fit with Matthew Barzal and Bo Horvat on the top line. Maybe, you know, he's a third-line guy. Maybe he's a second-line guy. Maybe he does fit in on the first line, depending on what kind of chemistry he can get with Horvat and Barzal. But this is the time that we need to see Oliver Wallstrom shine. And if he doesn't, I'll tell you this, if he gets off to a slow start, if he doesn't produce, it would not shock me if he is traded before the end of this season. He is on a one-year deal. He could be a rental player for the right team. He, it's not like his salary is all that much. They're not going to save a lot of money. So whoever would be acquiring him would at least be, you know, taking a very low risk salary cap wise. And he would really have no future role with this team. But Wally, power play. Think power play. And think what you do when you don't have the puck at even strength. If you can accomplish those two things, if you can lift your game, especially in those two areas, and be more consistent at it, you can have a long-term role on this hockey team, and you can help this Islanders team take that next step forward offensively. Because if the Islanders' power play can go from 30th in the league to 21st, Don't even have to get me into the top half. Just get me into the top tier of the bottom third of the league. Boy, will that make a difference. And if you can add another eight or nine goals to your total than what you had a year ago, you know, if you get get 19 goals this year, 19, that's 12 more goals than you had a year ago, that gets the Islanders up from 22nd in the league in goals, let's say, to 18th. It's doable. It's not completely far-fetched. And Oliver Wallstrom is going to have an impact on the way this team plays this year. This is his crossroads season. This is his make-or-break last chance. You've signed the one-year prove-it deal. You took a pay cut, Oliver Wallstrom. You took a pay cut to stay because you had no leverage. You had no choice. Well, now it's time to say, hey, Lou Lamorello, hey, Lane Lambert, hey, teammates, 
I'm worth the investment you've made in me. And my next contract is going to be seven figures. I'm going to make more than a million dollars a year. I'm going to sign a, not a one-year deal, but a three- or a five-year deal. And I'm going to show what I'm capable of doing for this organization. And my career takes it to the next level now. If that happens, that is really, really good news for the New York Islanders. All right, we have got more to get to on today's show. A third player who I think is at a crossroads, and this one may surprise you a little because he's a little more established as an NHLer, but what kind of an NHLer he's going to be is a huge thing, and I think this year will go a long way toward determining that. We'll talk about that and a lot more next on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So the third player I wanted to talk about today, if you look at the numbers, this is the most established guy. This is a guy who was fourth on the team in scoring. This is Noah Dobson. And Noah Dobson last year, 78 games, 13 goals, 49 points. Not bad for a defenseman. Second on the team in assists. Uh, excuse me, third on the team in assists with 36. Fourth on the team in points. A plus player. Plus four on the year. Only 20 penalty minutes. Didn't take a lot of bad penalties. You get a defenseman who's scoring 13 goals. You take that. A 50-point defenseman is solid in this day and age. And yet, last year, Lou, Lou, you know, Noah Dobson left a lot of us disappointed, mostly because of the way he played in his own zone. He was very inconsistent in his own zone, and just to tie it in even more with what we said before about Wally, his ability to quarterback the power play, the fundamentals, and I, I think some of it has to do with confidence and some of it has to do with coaching, and I think those two things are related, or they, they certainly intersect, but those are the areas that we need from Dobson. And it's going to determine this season for Dobber, is, is he a third-pair defenseman who, you know, can occasionally give you second-pair minutes, or is he a top-four player who can really make a difference for this team and be a foundational piece that you build around for the next five years. That's the crossroads for Dauber. He's an everyday NHLer. He is on this roster. If he's healthy and he doesn't absolutely fall off a cliff, which I don't think he's going to do, he is a contributor to this team. But what kind of a player is he? And what is his long-term trajectory in this league? Dauber is 23. He won't turn 24 till January. We know defensemen take a little longer to develop. This is his, going to be his fifth NHL season, but it's going to be his third really full-time NHL season. So it's difficult for him to really know what kind of a role he's going to play during the course of this year. He has to be 
able to get his confidence back in his own zone, to make those transition plays that he struggled with far too often during the course of the season and getting the puck out of his own zone and into the, uh, you know, transitioning from defense to offense, quarterbacking the power play in a way that helps the power play attack and be productive for the New York Islanders and just getting that feeling of confidence. You know, I disagree with Lou Lamorello on a lot of things. Everydayers, you know that, you know, I, I give him credit where I think credit is due, but I also have my, my criticisms about his approach and the way he has built this organization. But one thing about Lou Lamorello, when he defended Noah Dobson, I, I understand why he did it. And I think the fact of the matter is, Noah Dobson is still capable of being a top four, maybe even at some point a top pair offensive defenseman in this league. But he's going to have to show he can get the job done this year or else it's just not going to work. And getting back his confidence is going to be key. Lane Lambert, this is going to be an important job for you this year and for Noah Dobson as well. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. We are a day early on this one, but Wednesday will be the 33rd birthday of former Islanders defenseman Travis Hamanick. Hamanick, a native of St. Malo, Manitoba, drafted by the Islanders in the second round back in 2008 and made his NHL debut with the Isles in 2010-2011, stayed with the team through the 2016-2017 season before being dealt to Calgary, wanted to be closer to his family when there were some illnesses, played for Vancouver, and still active in the NHL, played 75 games last year for the Ottawa Senators, six goals, 21 points in that one. 6-1-200, more of a... uh, defensive-oriented defenseman than an offensive guy, but he, you know, was capable, had 33 points in 2014-2015, which remains his career high. One of his better games as an Islander, March 21st, 2015, at The Rock in Newark, and it's the Islanders and the Devils. Corey Schneider, the goalie for New Jersey, Yaroslav Halak, the netminder for the Islanders, and it was Travis Hamanick getting the game-winning goal for the Islanders midway through the third period. In a 3-0 win, Kyle Oposo added an empty net goal in the final minute to clinch it. A shutout win for Yaroslav Halak, 26 saves. But Travis Hamanick, the game-winning goal and a great memory. Travis Hamanick is our Islanders' birthday of the day. I want to thank everyone again for making Locked On Islanders your first listen every day. Every day or tomorrow on the show, we'll have more Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And we will focus a little bit on the power play and how the Islanders can improve it because we know that needs to get better. And it's something this team just really needs to address and sink their teeth into. Again, I want to thank everyone for the well wishes in the comments. You know, I usually try to answer the comments on YouTube every day 
I, I will ch I will catch up. I will get to them, but I'm taking it slow. So uh, bear with me. And, and you know, I do read them, but I, I haven't had a chance to answer. But thank you so much for all the well wishes and tweets and, and everything else. It's, it's so good to be back talking Islanders hockey with everybody. Until tomorrow, have a great day, everybody. Stay safe. And of course, let's go Islanders.